to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books, well, they speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Ivy. So let's get on with the show. Uh, uh, pretty sure that your name is Liz, not Ivy. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's Christmas and, you know, your name is Christmassy, so I thought I'd rename it myself for, for the season, just so that we're nice little sort of Christmas duo. Oh. But you know what? It's kind of annoying having a name like Holly because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, were you born at Christmas? Were you born at the holidays? No, I was born in the middle of the summer. Nowhere near the holidays. So I get it, but it really isn't worth changing your name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, Liz. I'm so glad to be back with you to do another episode. Um, This is kind of our year in review holiday special. So happy holidays to you. Just a couple of days away. Where where has the year gone? I mean, I remember we started this show back in the summertime. And now we're at the end of the year. We're less than two weeks until 2022. And it's just, it's mental. But yeah, happy holidays indeed. Uh, what's your plan for this Christmas? So, not too much. We're going to be staying home. Um, we're, you know, uh, one of the gifts that we got our son is NFL football tickets. So, he gets to go see wow. a, yep, a football game on Christmas evening. So, he's going to be <laughs> super excited. Um, and, yeah, so we uh, just tried to get them things for our kids. Like, they're older. They're teenagers now. So instead of trying to give them so many things, we try to give them experiences and memories. Yeah. So that's why we got him tickets. And we got my daughter tickets to a an anime convention in January. So Ooh. she's big into anime. Okay. So she's going to, I think, pass out when she opens those tickets because, you know, she's a 13-year-old girl who's <laughs> slightly dramatic. What about you? Yeah. So, I mean, unless our Prime Minister wants to lock us down for Christmas, um, I am going to go see my family. So my mum, my dad, um, my brother and his kids um, and my fiancé. So it'll be nice because last Christmas we didn't really get to see anyone because of lockdown. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's a nice kind of relaxing Christmas at my my mum's. I'm hoping that COVID Um, allows us to have a decent Christmas this year. (sighs) I hope so. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. What, what What are some things that you like to eat around the holidays? Oh, well, one of the things that we always try and eat as many different brands of is mince pie. Literally, my, me and my, my fiance have a slight obsession with them. And I think we've tried about five so far this year. Um, minced yeah, pie. Minced pie. All the way. Mince pie. Mince, yeah. mince pie, not minced. Mince. Not minced. <laughs> yeah, mince. Well, that's a, that sounds like a very, very British, British thing. What is it? Well, it's a, like a pastry case filled with. Um, a collection of like sultanas and kind of mixed fruits and it's like a fruit cake mixed in with kind of yeah but nicer it's not as much <laughs> nicer like than a, a fruit cake fruit <laughs> with like with um with like uh rum or brandy or something it's really nice oh interesting you, you don't have much I mean, I've, I feel pie? like I've heard of mince pie but like I always thought it was like made with meat like, you know, and just that just sounds like a pie made with meat sounds disgusting. <laughs> it used to be back in the old days. I think back in like Victorian times it would have been. But yeah, they they aren't with meat. Was that something like Harry Potter ate in the Harry Potter books? 
No, I think they had like Christmas pudding in Harry Potter. I think Christmas pudding. Yeah. What's Christmas pudding? I don't have Christmas pudding. This is this is <laughs> such English stuff. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Christmas pudding. It's like a. Uh, it's already hard to. Say. It's basically like a very stodgy, kind of fruit, heavy, dense fruit cake that's been steamed usually. So it, you have it hot. And you have it with like brandy butter or brandy cream or something. So what I've is learned right? is that in England, you guys like a lot of different types of fruitcakes with a lot of brandy. Okay. All right. Moving on. That's good to know, Liz. I've learned something now. <laughs> That's true. All right. What are you looking forward to eating? Well, we make a lot of Christmas, just Christmas cookies. Um, we don't make anything like, I don't know, like, you know, we don't eat, I don't eat fruitcake. Like when I think about fruitcake, I think of like the fruitcake log that people will take to someone's house as like almost like a joke gift. Like, ah, here's a fruitcake. Um, but we make a lot of different types of just homemade, um, Christmas cookies. I always try to do like gingerbread houses. And this year I'm actually thinking about making the gingerbread, making homemade gingerbread so I can cut the shapes. Yeah. That's kind of daunting. Um, but I'm actually going to see, um, if I'm going to try to make a mince pie. I sent my husband just now to the store and I'm going to see if he can uh, find a mince pie because I'm willing, I'm willing to try it. And then we can talk about it on the next episode. I want to like, you know, become more culturally, inclusive <laughs> and oh yeah i'm gonna be um hopefully making some gingerbread in the next week i'm not sure about a house but uh yeah i'm gonna try and at least do gingerbread then. oh cute cute or gingerbread people that's right that's right <laughs> be all inclusive here Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you did mention that we started the show back in uh, the summer. Technically, our first episode was in June. Here we are, December. So you know what that means? It's our six-month anniversary. We've been doing this for six months. It's crazy. It's just gone so fast. It's been so much fun. I remember when you first approached me, what, it must have been May, beginning of May? Yep. Well, like you came to me and you're like really interested in starting podcast. I was like, hell yeah, it was <laughs> so much fun. And oh, the first the first episode was like cringy because we didn't know what we were doing. And now it just feels like it's so much smoother and it just feels like we really come into ourselves. It's, it's been so much fun these last six months. Still don't think and we know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> One day we'll 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 really figure it yeah. out. But I guarantee you, we're better than we were in June. <laughs> Definitely. But here's to another six months. Absolutely. So what has been your favorite thing we've done or what's been your favorite moment so far in these six months? I've really enjoyed our um, our chats with the authors. I mean, I think one of the ones that had to stand out was the one with Caleb, just because that was amazing how much what he did and how many books he read, he wrote in such a short time. And the fact that that was our first interview, um, that kind of just absolutely blew me away. Um, just the how much determination he has and how much kind of willpower he's got to to do all that writing in such a short time. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? I would agree. I, I've loved talking to our authors. We've had in the six months, so we've had six episodes. Um, we've had three authors on and I, I love talking to these new and indie authors and just mm-hmm. their experience. And, you know, one of my bucket list goals in my life is to get 
uh, you know, to publish a book and, you know, I've written so many little things and just haven't ever done anything with it, but to, you know, they're, they're inspiring. And I just, I love hearing what they've yeah. like, where they came from and what they're doing. And, you know, and again, you know, I think Caleb's interview will yeah. always hold a special place for us because it was our first author yeah. interview and it's been, you know, it's, it was just so great, but I've also enjoyed a lot of our time off the air. Um, some of our tr- dramatic um, technical difficulties where it's like, I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Oh, wait, it's because I'm muted. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. one that one day that it took us 45 minutes before we could actually begin recording because it, we were just a disaster. Um, so thankfully, we do that before the show. So we're only a, a slight yeah, disaster exactly. during the show. Um, but it's been so fun. And I'm really, really looking forward to how our show continues to evolve and grow and, and where we take it yeah. and, um, you know, broadening our, our listening our listeners and um so i'm just super excited so thank you liz for you know agreeing <laughs> to come on this journey with me you know back in well, thank you thank you for obviously for inviting me into to think about me um for the podcast it's been so much fun so far um definitely looking forward to seeing what what 2022 brings for us yeah. um also, we've done more than six episodes remember that there's been a few where we've done two a month oh that's right that's we did we did do two in october you're right yeah I'm not good. Remember, I've said in the past, I'm not good with math. <laughs> Counting, not not one of my strong suits. <laughs> I'll work on it. That will okay, be a New Year's teacher, resolution. That's fine. Oh, so there you go. All right. <laughs> All right, Liz. Well, let's take our first break now before we jump into bookish buzz, and then we'll just kind of get into our 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 normally scheduled program, uh, which I I hope you're super excited about because this episode is all about our year in review and our top books that we've read. So I'm excited to see how our books line up with each other. All right. So give us a second. We'll be right back. All right. And now let's go ahead and dive into bookish buzz. We'll, we'll we'll start with some of the sad news first, Liz. What do you think? Should we start yeah, let's, there? Let's get it over and done with. Let's just get it over and done with. Okay. So our it first like a band-aid. Yeah, exactly. Our first <laughs> bit of bad news is the passing of Anne Rice. She passed away um, December eleventh. She was eighty years old, so she did leave uh, you know, live a long, very legendary life. Um and she had she had had a stroke, so she passed away due to complications from that. Um, most people will know Anne Rice from um, her books Interview with a Vampire, which became a widely popular movie with Brad Pitt, yeah. and then also she her one of her other hugely wildly known books is Queen of the Damned. Um, she's definitely going to be uh, a, a mist in the literary world. So our thoughts, of course, go out to her her family and friends. Yeah, no, that was really sad. That was kind of the saddest news story for me this month because mm-hmm. I read the first three books of hers and absolutely loved them. But did you know she's got a new one coming out next year that she had written with her son? So we still got one more to look forward to from her. That's awesome. That's yeah. oh, I'll be looking forward to that. That's great. <laughs> That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so one last bit of a kind of sad news uh, for us to get out of the way. Uh, before we kind of go into the other news, is that we had another another writer um, pass away this time on the fifteenth of December, and it was Bell Hooks um, who passed away at the age of sixty nine. 
so she did she was a very big uh, from what I've read she was a very big role in feminist literature as uh, she focused on race gender and class and focused on the perceptions of black women and she also published several books over more than two decades um, including Ain't I a Woman Black Women and Feminism uh, which was her first her first novel was published back in 1981 so Another obviously big loss, especially for for the coloured community, um, because of the fact she was obviously a very big a big part of that kind of that community. Yeah, and she, has been since the eighties. She had a huge voice, really, for the the race and the feminism yeah. and just equality and um, support. And yeah, she's she'll be she'll definitely be another one who's who's missed. It's 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 hard when we see these literary icons um you know pass on and then you you realize that they've they've been in in our lives forever and then you just don't think about you know the fact that you know we are all getting older and at some point you know people are going to pass away and um you just look back to see what legacy they've left and both these these women have left huge legacies in our in our world and and literature in general so they will Definitely. both be missed. All right. So moving on to some other news, we'll start trying to get the show back upbeat again. Um, have you ever read George Orwell's 1984? Yes. Oh, love that. Um, it's also scary how, how much they have they predicted, how much he predicted. I agree. I remember I read it for the first time in high school. It was one of my high school mandatory reads. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I thought it was really, really interesting, you know, with the double speak and just, you know, how Big Brother, I mean, and that, that allusion to Big Brother still exists yeah. in our society today. And people are like, oh, oh Big, Big Brother's watching. And of course, it came from George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> but if you didn't know, and hopefully you did know that the book was written um, from Winston Smith's perspective. He was the main character in 1984. He was the guy, the, the main guy. Well, the um, the writer's estate has given permission to Sandra Newman to release a new book um, called – it's going to be called Julia, and it is going to be a feminist retelling of 1984 from the perspective of Julia, who was Winston Smith's significant other. Um, the There's not a release date yet set for this book, but um, – uh, Sandra Newman's going to be releasing another book in June, so Julie is projected to come out later in 2022 after her book, The Men, is released in June. What are your thoughts? You're kind of giggling over there. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I just think with classics that we just need to leave the classics alone because 1984 was an absolute classic of, of its time. It was a major novel. And I just feel like it. it I, I, I get what where they're coming from. I get that they want to to retell it from a female's perspective, but I just feel like some books need to be left alone because you just want to retain kind of the the genius that is is Orwell. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's kind of tainting that name a little bit. That's my concern too. I'm worried that it's going to lose the punch that it was supposed to make, you know, and, yeah. uh, yeah. So I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm going to read it, but I'm definitely mm. interested in reading the 
reviews and yeah, the, definitely. you know, the perceptions of how, how it does when it comes out and what people's thoughts are about it. I just, I, I really respect 1984 as it was written in its original form. So I'm exactly. worried about. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I'd be going into it with a negative perspective to start with, and I, I wouldn't be giving it a fair shake anyways. So yeah. it'll be interesting. And also the fact that this writer's next book is called The Men kind of doesn't give a good image of what the 1984 retelling is going to be like. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I'll be I'll be yeah. eager to see the, um, the banter among different groups of people <laughs> when this book comes out. Um, oh, definitely. So. so, yeah, anyway, let's go on to the final piece of a bookish buzz. This is a very exciting piece of news that came out um, a few days ago now. And literally, as soon as I saw it, I messaged Holly and went, oh, my God, oh, my God, have you seen this? I can't wait. Um, oh, it's so exciting. So, Lee Bardugo, i.e. the genius writer who came up with Grishaverse, um, has announced that they are bringing out another Grishaverse. <gasps> Yay! Um, it's going to be a graphic novel, um, which is their first ever Grishaverse graphic novel. And it's going to be called Demon in the Woods. Um and it's going to be a Darkling prequel. Oh, I'm exciting. so excited. Mm. I and love the Darkling. We need more Darkling. We need more Darkling oh, in our yes, lives. Yes, we do. We don't get enough of the Darkling. Um, this comes out on 27th of September next year. So still a little ways off, but at least it's only next year. So I'm very excited about that. I'm I, so yeah. I, I don't know about you, Holly, but I've got one. We've both got one book left fully but it but you go to wish first mm-hmm. which is um rule of wolves mm-hmm. and i've been cutting it off because it's the thought that once i've read it we've got no more grisha verse until they announce another one right so now that we've got another one in the works i feel a bit better about reading that next book yeah um because at least we know there's another one coming and i'm excited about demon in the wood primarily because it's a graphic novel so where it mm. won't take us as long to read a graphic novel as it would for us to read a novel at least once we're done we can go back and we can flip through and look at the pictures and we can relive it over and over <laughs> and over and over again that is true <laughs> and i'm excited I'm, I'm, yeah i'm it, quite excited cuz also it um it'll give us the lee's um kind of idea of what each of the creatures and of what the characters look like in her head mm-hmm. which is quite exciting yeah and i and i'm eager to see the darkling's beginnings like you know oh my god yeah where did he come from and you know and it's hard because it's like you know i think about um the hunger games prequel um the songbirds the uh, ballad of the songbirds of yeah um which yeah. which came out and it followed like the the prequel for Cornelia Snow. And where I mm-hmm. liked that book, it just, I don't know. It just like, you know, I, I didn't feel necessarily super satisfied with Cornelia Snow's background. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 but, you know, I'm super, super excited about, you know, Lee Berdugo's book. Um, obviously the Grisha verse is, is a little bit more developed than, the Hunger Games, because the Hunger Games was just three books. With the Grishaverse, we have, you know, what, six books? So, six so far, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. No, seven. No, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. yeah. <laughs> because we have the three from Shadow and Bone. We have two from Six of Crows. Then we have two, Nine, like two. the the King yeah. of Scars and the Rule of Wolves. So, the, so seven. So the Grishaverse is a little bit more developed. Um, oh, gotcha. So I'm hoping that that will allow the, Darkling's backstory to be 
developed. I wonder if this is going to be set before the fold existed. If it's going because after all, yeah, you know, it created the fold. So that's true. So that's it could, be, and that would be kind of cool to see it as like in mm. in visuals, like in images of the fold mm. developing and things like that. Oh, that's super so cool. Okay. <laughs> So let's move on. So another big piece of news that came out recently was uh, Goodreads announced all of their books of the year. Um, So if you remember, there were two rounds of voting, the initial round and then the final round. And then just earlier this week, I believe like Monday or Tuesday this past week, is when they announced all of the winners. So we're going to go through some of them, um, not all the categories, but we picked some of the more popular categories. So, Liz, take us through the first batch of books, and then we'll talk a little bit about them. Okay, dokie. So, uh, the winner of fiction was Beautiful World, Where Are You? by Sally Rooney. Uh, mystery slash thriller was The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. Historical fiction was Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Fantasy was A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mars. Romance was The People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. And science fiction was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. So, I mean, to be honest, I, obviously I've heard of pretty much every single one of those because they were some of the big mainstream books which were everywhere, mm-hmm. um, everywhere this year. Personally, I haven't actually read any of those, but a lot of them are on my TBR. Um Sarah J. Mars. I've read the first two of that series and I, I really want to get through to the rest of them this year, mm-hmm. next year. Sally Rooney, um, I read her original book called Normal People, which was really good. So I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, how about you? I know you've read quite a few on that list. I, I have read some of these. So and, and then some of the other ones are on my to, to be read list, but all I've heard of all of them. Um, so like Malibu Rising, I haven't read, but I know like over the summer, I believe is when it was super popular and I, you know, saw a lot about it. Um, Court of Silver Flames, I've read the first three books of the series. Um, (laughs) I have this one sitting on my shelf. I haven't read it yet. Um, People We Meet on Vacation, I did read. I read that over the summer. Uh, and then Project Hail Mary, I read. I loved it. I will say that out of these six winners, the only one I actually voted for was Project Hail Mary. Um, okay. Yeah, so I vo- the other books I voted for for those <laughs> other five categories did not win. Yeah. Um, but I 100% agree with Project Hail Mary. It was a five-star read for me. It was so, so, so good. Um, I just, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So, um, yeah, so those are the first six that we're going to talk about. Uh, What about you? Did you you vote for any of those? Um, I think I voted for Sarah J. Maas. Um, I haven't read it, but she was obviously one of the big names Mm -hmm. on fantasy. Uh, but I didn't really vote for any of those. But there's a lot on there to say that I do really want to read next year or sometime soon. Yeah. All right. So the next category is horror. And the winner there was the Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendricks. In nonfiction, it was the Anthropocene Review by John Green. For debut novel, it was the Spanish Love Deception by Alina Armas. 
And then there's the two young adult categories. Young adult fiction was Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully and Young Adult Fantasy, which is Rule of Wolves by Lee Berdugo. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, so again, I've heard of all of these. I haven't read yeah. them all. I did read Final Girl Support Group um, in like September-ish. Um, wasn't a huge fan. Um, I, you know, I thought it had a very interesting plot and I, I finished it. I read it. I just, I don't, you know, I just think that writing style is not for me. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard that people have loved it and, you know, and then other people have had my opinion, but I think that goes for any book. People are going to either like it or Mm -hmm. don't, you know, everyone has different opinions. Um, the that's the only one out of this batch that I've read. However, obviously we've already talked out about Rule of Wolves, so that's on our to to be read list. And yeah, we have we have to read that soon. I have we really have to. Read we that have soon. to read that soon, definitely. Because I need myself a bit of a bit of a, um a bit of our favorite captain. <laughs> exactly. I miss Nikolai. I know. I, I love me some pirate. Uh, and then Firekeeper's Daughter is on my to, is on my to, to read list as well. Uh, so not a huge nonfiction fan, but I was just at the, the store, the Barnes and Noble bookstore earlier this week and I happened to see John Green's book sitting there and I'm like, Oh, there it is. Um, so, uh, so what about you? Any of these that you've read? I haven't actually read any of them though. Um, as I say, I remember hearing that you didn't, that you weren't too fond on Grady Hendrix. Um, I've, I've wanted to read, I've wanted to kind of get round to reading some of his, um, but I haven't as of yet. And John Green, is that the John Green who's wrote all the, who wrote all the YA books? I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. I guess we should probably have done our research a little bit better before we <laughs> talked is. about I it. I like John Green books. I do I, like John I, Green. I like of his. Like, he did um, Golden Our Stars, didn't he, John Green? Yes, he did book that makes you um, sob yes oh my goodness um but yeah obviously the, the best one out of that for me would have to be roller wolves just because that's my kind of most anticipated out of that group and yes um, it is so... i just looked it up it is oh, it is the oh, one and the okay. same nice but yes yeah, so, yeah roller wolves is definitely up there for me just because it's Grisha of us. You can't beat Grisha of us. I know. I know. <laughs> and even though I will say I did vote for Rule of Wolves, even though I haven't read it, just because it's. <laughs> you had to. You just yeah, had to. Of course you had to. <laughs> you had to support our Lee. Lee needs support. That's right. <laughs> All right, then to wrap up this bookish buzz section is just kind of our review of some of the books that have been on the New York Times bestseller list over the last couple of weeks. So the interesting book this week, um, it's new. It's the new number one. It's first week on the list, and it entered at number one, is a book called um, Call Us What We Carry by Amanda Gorman. And if the name rings a bell, if you paid any attention to the United States presidential inauguration in January when we inaugurated um, Joe Biden as our new president, Amanda Gorman was the presidential um, poet. So this book is a collection of poems on identity and history. Um, I believe that she um, kind of talks a little bit about the pandemic and um so it's just this collection of poems written by Amanda Gorman, who's pretty young. She was the youngest inaugural um, mm. poet. So um, I thought she was great at the inauguration. Yeah, I, I listened to that poem and it was just amazing. 
I'm not surprised it's gone straight into number one because her poetry is very beautiful. Um, it's not the sort of poetry where they try and like just topics in your face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's so beautifully well done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, really well deserved. I'm not a huge like book of poems, but if she did, if she voiced the audiobook of her poems, I would totally listen to that because I love that style of like, um, of, um, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's like slam poetry, but it's like that stand up yeah. story poetry. It, isn't it? Yeah. And so, yeah. and she's just like, and, and how she enunciates and where she puts her inflections, it's just like, it's so dramatic. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I could listen to her poems forever. Um, nice, yeah. So some of the other th- interesting points on the, on the, New York list this week is Midnight Library is still hanging tough on there. It's the longest one in the top 15 right now. It's been on the list for 45 weeks. So again, I've learned my math and I know that's just about a year. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, see, I'm close. Um, so we'll see how long Midnight Library can hang on in, in the list. But I mentioned this last month is the number one young adult hardback book is still One of Us is Lying. It is still number one. It has been on this list for 202 weeks, and it's sitting at number one. Like, there's something. And, it like, yeah, I remember when it came out, and now there's, like, a, this whole series mm. of them. It's it's kind of crazy that it's 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 lasting yeah. that long. So, man. Nice. Kudos to Karen. Well done. Yeah. Kudos. So, and it is a really good book. All right. So, speaking of books, Liz, what you reading? So, uh, well, this month, obviously, it is December. So, obviously, I have to read every Christmas book I can get hold of. Because um, you can't read it any other time of the year. There's no point in reading Christmas books in June. It just feels wrong. Um, so I've, I've read quite a few, actually. <laughs> but the one, my favourite one um, so far this month is um, called The Holiday Swap. And it's by Maggie Knox. Now, I'm telling everyone to read this. Um, and I know Holly's, um, Holly's jumping on the bandwagon with me. and um, Just started it, it yesterday. <laughs> and um, a few other Instagram friends have, have also jumped on the bandwagon. But it is about um, these, two, these twins twin sisters uh one lives in LA and is a co-host for a baking uh like a bake-off type show and the other one works for family bakery in a little small town um a few hours from LA and then basically the the other twin who lives in LA has an accident hits her head um gets a concussion which means she loses her sense of taste and smell um and is she sure she doesn't have COVID (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, it could be it could be um but it means that she can't um, she can't do her job because she needs to judge the the bake-off competition and the recipes so she can't do that with no sense of taste of smell so what she do she goes and she swaps lives with her twin and goes to work in the family bakery um and pretends that she is is the other twin so yeah, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Um, Sounds was, like it, nothing bad could ever happen in a situation exactly. like that. No, it's it's a lovely read, really cozy kind of rom com. Uh, it's got all of the typical family dramas, um, and it's also what 
the reason why I really love it as well is it's festive and it's foodie. And that's like the best two combinations because foodie books and rom-coms for me, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's like my, my reading catnip, as <laughs> I heard somebody say on, on Instagram the other day. I, I love that, that phrase. I'm stealing it now. It's my reading catnip. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, and I just started, I'm only on chapter two, so I'm not very far right. into, I didn't have a lot of time, like reading time yesterday, because, you know, I had to go and see the new Spider-Man movie, um, which definitely go see it. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I, I love Charlie and Cass, uh, yeah. the, 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 the two twins, and so they're... Uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty fun so far so I'm I'm excited and, to see where it goes and and it's your narrative <laughs> <laughs> and if you listen to any episodes of this podcast you'll know we love dual narrative mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all right um so mine I'm just I'm right there with you Liz as far as holiday books um like last year I think I only read two so this year I'm trying to do yeah, better and. Yeah, and read a lot more holiday books. So mm-hmm. I've read a couple already, but my favorite has been Christmas Every Day. And what's funny about this one, it's by Beth Moran, um, is uh, I did the audiobook of this one. And so I was looking for a new audiobook. I listened to a lot because I spent a lot of time in my car driving my kids back and forth to different places. Yeah. So um, so I'm able to, you know, it's just, it's just enjoyable for me to, to listen to audiobooks yeah. in the car. And... I was I was out of credits for the month, and so I was looking to see books that you know audiobooks that are included in my Audible membership. This was one I could download for free, so I'm like, oh, it sounds great. I loved it, absolutely loved it. You know, you have this girl who she basically loses everything. Her name is Jenny. She loses you know, her job, her, you know, basically her, her, you know, she gets isolated from her family, her, you know, her lover, like everything, her friends, she loses everything. And she moves to this, this little cottage, um, that has, that belonged to her grandmother that's been empty for six years. And it's like an episode of hoarders when she finally gets in, but it's just, the characters, the cast of characters that she encounters when she moves into this new community. One, I love them because they just embrace her and they just pull her into the fold and they make her one of them. But they're so eccentric and they're so different and they just, they make her do things and come alive in ways that she's never done before. Um, yeah. And like there are scenes where you're just like, like I couldn't help but like laughing my head off when she's, you know, with a friend and they're like climbing in a tree trying to spy into this mansion and there's dogs and like they're falling out of the trees and it's just like the whole narrative of it is just so funny. Um and you know, but it's it's sweet and it's cozy and there's, you know, that that rom com piece to it. Um so, mm-hmm. you know, she finds love, but at the same time she finds she finds who she is. She finds her, you know, that that found family. Like these people who have just like wrapped themselves around her and accept her for who she is and they believe in her and support her. Um and it's just, you know, there's moments where it's like it was so tender. Um and, you know, and I love the fact that it's kind of like revolves around this book club, a very dysfunctional <laughs> book club. 
But it just, it just, it just, it all just worked so well. And it's like, you know, the dialogue was well done. The narrations were well done. The character development was great. But I will say this. Besides the holiday swap, which I just started, which, you know, the, you know, you have Los Angeles and everything where she's filming. All the other holiday books I've read are taking place in in England, in the United Kingdom area. And so it's like, why? Like, not that I have a problem. I love it. And I love the settings. Like even in all my reviews, I talk about how magical the setting is. Um, But it's just like, why is that? I think it's just quaint and cozy, kind of the weather, the countryside. Mm. I don't know. I've noticed that. I've, I've read like a lot this year have been Scotland. I found Mm -hmm. I found the quite a few things got sense column, but yeah, this book. So this book is another one that Holly uh, messaged me about a week ago, going, "You need to read this book." So I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll read this one." And I completely mirror what you say. It was such a brilliant read. It's just got that nice combination of heartfelt comedy, um, bit of romance, a lot of friendship. It's, it was really, really nice read um, for this time of year. Yeah, I loved it. All right, so well, there's some holiday so reads for you, listeners. So if you um, are, are in the holiday spirit, you know it's the week of the holidays, um, and you want something to read, pick up either the Holiday Swap by Maggie Knox or Christmas Every Day by Beth Moran. If you want to listen to it on Audible, it, Christmas Every Day is free right now with your subscription. So there's my I sh- I should get like kickback from Audible for you know promoting and. Yeah, advertising them. Like little, yeah, exactly. The franchise <laughs> thing going on. Exactly. Um, so moving on to the upcoming releases. Now we don't really tend to have. Um, we haven't got many this mm-hmm. month. Um, I think everyone's just kind of winding down for Christmas, and I'm sure we will be getting a lot more in the new year. But so we've got two this month. I'm um, coming out this month. Uh, well, actually in January, as uh, so before our next show is launched. Um, first one is A Flicker in the Dark, uh, which is the debut novel by Stacey Willingham. Uh, that's out on January 11th in America and February 3rd in the UK. That's a big um, time gap. Yeah, it's almost a month. I don't know I why know. They're, they're delaying it so badly. Um, they, she must be American. That must oh, be right. maybe. Hopefully the book doesn't um, get spoiled for everybody then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then we have Rachel Hawkins' next book. Um, I haven't read her first one, but uh, this one has a really pretty cover again, like the last one. Um, this one's called Reckless Girls, and it's out both in America and the UK. So we both get it at the same time on the 4th of January. So only a few weeks to go. Yeah, and I will say for sure that the, the cover of Reckless Girls is so pretty. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, there you have it. So we're going to take our next break right now. And then we come back. It is time to dive into top reads of the year. Are you ready, Liz? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. All right. So here we go. All right. Our favorite reads of the year. Now, Liz, you had the idea to kind of do um, the our favorites by month. So it's kind of like our 12 books of Christmas almost. Um, so we're highlighting our favorites of the read. 
uh, our favorite reads by month. So first of all, you do you, you do the Goodreads book challenge where you set your reading goal, right? I don't do it yet. All right. So tell us what how it looks because we're you know we're two weeks into or you know two <laughs> weeks until the end of the year. So what is your what is your your goal looking like? Yeah, so I kind of smashed my goal quite a while ago. Um, I think I kind of underestimated how many books I was going to read this year. Um, I My book goal was 50 books. Ooh. And um, as of today, so obviously not the end of the year, as of today, I have read 86 books. So that is 172% over. <laughs> Holy crap. I don't even want to share mine now. Whew. What was yours for last year? Uh, my, well, I read, um, 57 last year and my goal, what was my goal? My goal was only 35 last year. So mm. I didn't smash it as much as 162%, but, um, actually this year we've had more lockdowns and I've had a lot more time at home. So <laughs> I've had lots of time. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> kind of why I think we, I think everybody was able to read a little bit more because half of our year was yeah. spent in quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How about you? How many have you read this year? And what's your challenge looking like? Okay, so my number is a little bit lower. I, you know, I, you know, I'm always amazed by by like how you can read so many books. And like, I, I look at some of my friends on, you know, Bookstagram who like set 100 books as their as their limit. And they're like at 100 and, you know, 60. And I'm like, Oh, I just, I don't know. I have a very busy, stressful job. I have two teenagers. Like I, I, you know, um, so I take that into consideration because of course I want to set a goal that I think I can meet. So this year I only set my goal at 20. Um, this was like the first year where I think that I really fully, you know, really worked on being on Goodreads. I, I think I started last year in 20. Um, yeah. in 2020, but not at, not in January. So I kind of came in late. So this year I set my goal at, at 20 and I have completed 46. So it's 230%. So I've more than doubled my goal. So I'm happy with what I've read. Um, yeah. And I mean, my 2020 goal was only 12 books. I'm like, okay, I can do one book a month. This is my goal. is going to be one book a month. And I got to 25. So I doubled. I, you know, I more than doubled. I was going to say, you pretty much doubled on last year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so I'll definitely up my my Goodreads goal for 2022. So 80 next year. I don't know about that. I'm thinking thinking maybe I'll go from, because I'm at 46 books right now, and I set my goal for 20. So I'm thinking maybe 40 would be a good goal. Um, Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah, so we'll see. All right. So, all right, do you want to just, we'll start with um, January then, I guess, right? Yes, go for it. All right, all right, so my favorite read of January was The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't read a lot of, like, mystery, thriller kind of books, but um, I saw this one. It was an easy read, and I I loved it. I loved this, this like, 
kind of mysterious Irish island for the setting. It just kind of like, you know, oozed eeriness and gloom and mysteriousness. And, um, yeah, I I was hooked from beginning to end. I just really, really, really liked it. What was your January read? Uh, my January read was A City of Glass by Cassandra Clare. So this was the third book in um, in her series for Mortal, Mortal Instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of binge read most of that series in the first few months of, the, of, the, of 2021. But this one kind of stood out big time for me because the way that they describe the setting and the whole idea of all this glass being around, like the way that they described it, it was just absolutely amazing. They really brought it to life, and that that's probably one of my favorite ones from that particular series. Um, and I I still need to read the rest of the rest of the other series, but I have completed the Mortal Instruments. Um, but yeah, so that is my January favorite you know, read. And I haven't read any of the Mortal Instruments books. It's again a series that's on my to, to be read list with like yeah. a billion other books, but um, I haven't I haven't read that. And that's that's different from oh no, I have City of Bones. Is that the first one in the series? Yeah, that's the best one of Mortal Instruments, yeah. Okay. So I have it. I have book one. I just haven't <laughs> I just haven't read it yet. And I I um I yeah, I went into twenty twenty one saying I wanna read more series. I wanna go go through like as many series as I can. That one I completed. All the rest of them I'm like part way through. <laughs> so I'm getting there. Yeah, <laughs> at least you've started some. Exactly. Okay, so what is your February read? Oh, my February read is The House on the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Bloom. Nice. Like, like that's the only way I can describe it. It's just, (laughs) oh, it is just, I didn't want it to end. I just... Mm -hmm. I wanted yeah. to go to that that house. I wanted to meet the kids. I wanted to meet them. I, you know, it was, it, yeah, it was just so magical. And it just like, and the message, the message of just like the prejudice and the stereotypes and just the, the judging of people before you know who they are just because they're different. And, you know, and then yeah. how it ends. And it just, you know, and, and even, um, you know, the idea of oh oh what is his name oh Linus um even just his character and how he evolves how he's like kind of like this stick up your butt kind of guy at the beginning of the book and he's like you know this cardboard cutout um and how he you know isn't this flat cardboard character by the end of the book. He's like this flushed out, rounded, you know, found himself character. And uh, it just, I could talk about this book for days. No, that was a brilliant book. Um, for me, February, February was, was, wasn't that much of a stronger month for me. I didn't have that many amazing books. However, uh, the first uh, first entry of I'm sure many, uh, I have chosen Siege and Storm by Lee Bardugo. Um, I mean, there's not really much to say except for it's Grisha Bass. And Grisha Bass are just amazing books. Siege and Storm, I would say, isn't my favourite from the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Ruin and Rising was my favourite, but mm-hmm. this one, again, I still really enjoyed. The character development was great. Um, the setting, I loved the idea of doing like a fantasy Russia style um, scene. It was just absolutely fantastic. 
So yeah, so that one is my my favorite read. I agree. I love Libra Dugo's Grisha verse. I you know, like you yeah. said, the setting is just amazingly creative. Yeah. And taking like I mean, you kinda know that it's Russian based, even though it's not like it's not Russia, yeah. but it's definitely you can definitely you can see, the, see the the influence absolutely, and it's just um oh it's like 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 we've talked about it now three times in this episode alone how like <laughs> you know we we haven't read Rule of Wolves solely because we don't want the Grisha verse to end, and if we don't yeah. read it, we know that it's still there waiting for us. Exactly, Ugh. we're in denial. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If we haven't read it, it's not the end. <laughs> <laughs> right? And now we can read it because we have the demon exactly. in the wood coming. All right. So moving on to March. So, so far, we've had some good books. All right. Mm. March for me was From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Armentrout. So that's the first book in the From Blood and Ash series. And... Um, Book three came out at the end of March or April this past spring, and book four is coming out in the spring of 2022. So we're up to book four now. Um, I adore this book. I love Poppy. I love Kieran, um, you know, Castile, Hawk, whatever. I like him, <laughs> but he's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, Kieran is probably my my absolute favorite character in that book, and I love Poppy's sassiness and you know and just her her strength when she you know she's kind of like a Jacqueline Hyde like when she gets pissed off you don't want to be anywhere around her. Um, <laughs> but I always have been comparing it to a Court and Thorn of Roses. Like I I I they're very different, but in many ways they're very similar in their style. Of book, yeah, you princess. have the girl, the you princess. have yeah, you have the 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 prince, king, whatever, royalty people, um, and then you have this family of side characters, um, mm. and you have you know again kind of a, a similar type of storyline, but where I liked a court of thorns and roses, I was always like, eh. I read the 600 plus pages for the last 150 pages because I felt that was the only place yeah. where those books really like sucked me in. The rest of it, I'm like, uh, yeah. da, 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 da. <laughs> but from Blood and Ash, I felt like it was more consistent. Like from the moment I started reading, you yeah. went through the peaks and the valleys of the action, and it never really stopped. So Definitely. that was that was my favorite read for March. What was yours for March? Nice. Um, so mine was a little bit different. Um, March was a very difficult month for me. I had, had quite a few good books, but mm. I chose um, Paris Library by Janet Skesley and Charles. Um, now, this one was just such a beautiful read. It was all about, um, based on a true story, about the um, the American Library in Paris, which was um, when the war hit, World War II hit, the, the Nazis tried to come and take away a lot of the literature they deemed as obscene um and not kind of in keeping with their ideologies and it was all about the lives of these librarians and how they risked so much to keep their literature and also to keep kind of keep the voices of literature alive by delivering books to to jewish people and by hiding important works of literature 
And it was just such an amazing read, so inspirational that we had these people protecting our literature to keep it alive so that we could enjoy kind of all sorts of different authors today, whereas we might not have if they had been destroyed by the Nazis. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this was such a beautiful read, really inspirational. I did it as part of a, a read-along um, through Tandem Books, and it was just, yeah, definitely a five-star read. Um, so that was my March book. And I will say that, that book is on my to-be-read list because of, of your response to it <laughs> and your review yeah. and, and everything. And, um, yes, it, cause it just, it just sounds like such a, such a great book. And I'm not a huge, oh, like, historical yeah. fiction kind of person, but every now and then there's one that, that kind of jumps out at me. And this one kind of jumps out at me. So, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get to the point where I can <laughs> read it. All right, moving on to April. My favorite book in April was um, was actually an arc that I got, and it's it's out now. Um, but it's it's called Attachments, and it's written by Jeff Arch, and it it was really um, it's kind of like a like a family oriented story. So you have this. It takes takes place pretty much at a boarding school in Pennsylvania and there had there's some dueling timelines and different points of view and basically one of the like the head I think he was the headmaster uh, is in a coma and one of his kind of last requests was that he wanted to bring these three best friends back to the school um, because there's there is like a secret um, that that only he really knew the whole story like everybody else all the three friends yeah. only knew pieces of it and so they they come back together back to where they went to school all those years ago so you have like present day timeline and then you have the past timeline when they were in school together and it it really is um about you know friendship it's about love it's about um those those you know revelation revelations that are coming about yeah. as far as like you know there was a love triangle that happened when they were in high school and it you know and when you're in high school and you have a best there's you know it's two guys and a girl you know and you're all best friends there's you know a lot of times emotions yeah. and connections and attachments and it's just it, it was there was I don't know they just and they bonded with the dean who is the one who's now in the coma and it was just it's like a coming of age realizing you know really where you came from and who you are now and 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 how you got there and um and how important friendship and family is it was just it was yes. a very touching book so Aww. yeah that sounds like a really beautiful age it was all right what was your april pick uh mine was hamnet Mm. Uh, so this one um, I think we spoke about on mm -hmm. previous podcasts and it is based on uh, it's another one that's kind of based on reality um, which has been fictionalized so it is based on William Shakespeare's son Hamlet um, and it's based around his wife um, his son was part of a twin and basically this this really bad event happens um, and he actually ends up losing one of the children but the way that the writer kind of expressed emotion, grief, um, intimacy, it's just, it was so emotional and such a, such a moving read 
that I literally this is one of the rare books I actually cried at when I was reading it um, early on in the year and it's such a moving emotional um, read so that was yeah that was definitely my my easy pick for, for April. And I did. I purchased it. I purchased a copy of that book um, not that long ago because you're like, oh, you've got to read it. You've got to read it. So I'm yeah, hoping that'll be I one of my 2022 reads for sure. Yeah. It also makes you um, makes you completely change your view on Hamlet, on Shakespeare played Hamlet as well. Hmm. So that's also it was very revelationary. Hmm. Uh, and I I love Shakespeare. I love that the the history of Shakespeare. So I I am excited to to eventually get around to that one. Hopefully next year. <laughs> so what is your May book? All right. So I already talked about From Blood and Ash and how much I like that one. So <laughs> my May read was The Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer Armentrout. It nice. is it's book three. So. Book two did not make my list only because I read book two the same month I read book one. So I couldn't pick both of them. Um, but The Crown of Gilded Bones is was book three. It was the new release that came out in the spring. Um, and like I binged the first two so that I could be ready for, for book yeah. three. And it just it just it did not disappoint. It's, you know, sometimes with a, with a series, there's always like a book that kind of doesn't live up to the other ones. And, um, like this, this one started off kind of a little weird, but it quickly got right back, um, like on path and on track with the other ones. And it just, again, I just was so hooked from, from, like page yeah. one that it's just like, you know, when I had to go to bed, I'm like, no, when I had to go to work, no, <laughs> like, um, I just, I, you know, I just really just have embraced and just like have molded myself to this, this, yeah. you know, fantasy world and the characters. And I just, I just can't wait now for book four. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, my May read is at uh, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V. E. Schwab. Uh, so this one, I did find it at times a little bit too slow, but at the same time, it was really reflective of of her life. So obviously it's about, um, about Addie LaRue, who makes a deal with, who we basically think of as the devil, mm-hmm. um, to escape basically her, her potential upcoming marriage to this guy who she doesn't want to marry. And in return, she lives in, basically, she is immortal. She lives until she says she doesn't want to live anymore. Uh, so it's amazing. We get to see all this time difference from, I think it was 16th century France, um, all the way up to modern day. And it's just amazing, kind of the whole different scene setting for France, because obviously life is very much different back then compared to, to the modern day and how she survived and how she managed to kind of to cope with all these changes because of the fact she couldn't really hold down a job. She couldn't um, have a place to live officially because of the fact that technically she wasn't really properly alive and it would have raised a lot of questions um, if she said she was like 400 years old. I don't know so why that would raise I... any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I love this book. I really enjoyed um, every minute of this book and at the ending, I wasn't so sure about, but I mean, it, the rest of the book makes up for it. So, yeah, I read yeah. that. I read Addie LaRue, um, 
last about probably about this time last year. So I read at the end of 2021. So it wasn't part of or 2020. So it wasn't part of my 2020 one list. Um, but I kind of felt the same way. Um, I think you liked cool. it in the end a little bit more than I did. Uh, but I, I felt the same way. There were definitely some parts that were a little slow and, um, you know, there's parts where I'm just like, Oh, um, but it, it, but it was definitely, uh, it was an interesting yeah. read, definitely an interesting concept. So, all right. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Jean's book, I think it us might be the same for Jean. I've got a feeling. Um, I don't know. Cause I don't, you haven't read this one. Uh, I thought you checked. Okay. Okay. I thought I might be the same one. Um, so my June book is Project Hail Mary by Andy nice. Ware. Um, you know, we talked about it in the, in yeah. the beginning of the show because it was a science fiction winner for Goodreads for 2021 book of the year. Um, uh, I, now I had to debate because the book that you chose was, was, <laughs> you know, and, you know, there's some times where it's just like, who there's, there, you know, yeah. um, but, <laughs> But I, I I did go with um, Project Hail Mary just because it was just it was I don't even know how to put it into words. I just loved it. This idea that yeah. this guy is being sent into space on a last ditch effort to save humankind um, from catastrophic you know disease to the sun, um, which obviously if something happened to our sun poof there we go and uh you know and there was there was some you know flashbacks to how he actually ended up being on the ship and you know he doesn't really know what he's doing and then he encounters um some other you know a lot of other situations and um he in space meets this character named rocky and it's just like it's just such an interesting dynamic between those two characters who are like, like yeah. lone survivors trying to save each of their own, you know, worlds um, coming together. And, um, you know, it's funny because I was like, oh, they're strangers. One of them could be a serial killer. And here they are. You know, I don't know why that's my first thought when I think of strangers meeting. I'm like, oh, that person could be a serial killer. But it's just and then how it ends. It's just it, it's just. It's just, ah, it was just really, really good. So if you like science fiction, this is just a fantastic book to read. I've heard so many good things about this book. So, yeah, now I'm definitely, I definitely want to read it at some point. Um, Jean, as, oh, Jean was another difficult one for me because the other one I do want to very briefly mention is that I also read the first book in Brandon Sanderson's um, series called The Way of the Kings Part One. And mm-hmm. it was just stunning. The, it is an epic fantasy novel, and his world creation skills are are second to none. They do think Game of Thrones, but better. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is very, very good. So it was very close, um, and unfortunately, Brandon didn't win it. Um, and as Holly probably knows by now, because because of the fact that we did a, a buddy read of this in June, um, it is King of Scars by Lee Bardugo. It was just such a wonderful read. Oh, a, a book about Nikolai. How? Why would we not have enjoyed it? I, know. I mean, it was a, it was a dead win. <laughs> 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 Nikolai. 
no, it was a fantastic race. Um, really enjoyed it. I think out of all the series, it was definitely one of my one of the better books mm-hmm. of hers. Yeah. Um, compared to some of the other series. Um, it was really good. Nikolai. Nikolai. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> word review of the book is Nikolai. Like, so if you don't know what we're talking about. We're just amazing. Yeah. But I, so and good. I do love Nina. Um, yeah, I mean, Nina, Nina's oh, a favorite of mine Nina's too. Awesome. And it was a sort of book which kept you on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. It changed so much. Like the twist just became so sudden that you're like, what just happened? <laughs> Um, but no, that was fantastic. Um, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely my favorite book for Jean. Yeah. This has definitely so turned into like you... a Grisha verse episode today. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. Um, what, uh, obviously that's my last Grisha verse book because I haven't read any more yet. That's <laughs> right. Um, what is your July read? My July read is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, She's the one who wrote Malibu Rising, which was a Goodreads book winner. Um, But this one kind of follows the life of Evelyn Hugo, who is a, you know, Hollywood superstar and uh, her... And her life from the time she was young, just moving to Hollywood... All the way up until now, she, you know, is is an elderly woman, and it, it's kind of like it's a it's again kind of a dueling um, timelines because she's in present day. She's kind of hand selected this young young reporter who really is she's not super well known, and so when she's chosen yeah. like the 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 magazine I believe it's a magazine she works for is like why did you get picked and um, (laughs) to get this exclusive interview that nobody else has ever been able to get and so you have like a lot of the present day her like the the young journalist interactions with Evelyn Hugo but then you have the the storyline of Evelyn Hugo's life as she's telling the reporter her life story Um, and Obviously, she there, she has seven husbands, so she talks about her her acting career and why and how all these seven husbands have you know came to be and what happened. And um, it was just I I, I I was just transfixed. It was just you know it wasn't anything spectacular. It was you know it was just a really interesting story. Like even though it was all fictitious, listening to her tell her life story actually made it feel like she was a real person telling a real life story. And I think I just, I was just fascinated by her life story. Um, And so I just, I really, really liked it. Taylor Jenkins Reid has a really sort of clever ability to do that. So I listened to Daisy Jones and the Mm -hmm. Six, also by her. And that you felt like the band was real you actually felt like you were listening to a band story when it was all fictionalized. So, yeah, yeah no, I definitely want to read that book. That's on my, on my TBR. I think it's on my Kindle. I'm ready to be read. Oh, there you go. Uh, but, yeah. So um, what's your July my, read? Like, yeah, my July read is The Troubles With Us by Alex O'Neill. Um, so this one was actually recommended by a bookstagram friend, um, uh, Pearl and her books. She, I was sent an arc of it. And as soon as I read the blurb, I was like, I have to get this. Um, it's all about Alex O'Neill is a, um, is a writer who grew up during the troubles in Northern Ireland in Belfast. And almost like a little sort of comedy biography about her life and about growing up during the troubles. Um, 
it was just such a funny book. But at the same time, obviously, it had a lot of kind of dark undertones because the troubles, it was a really tough time for a lot of Irish people, especially living in the big cities. And um, there were always bomb threats. There were always actual bombs themselves, like car bombs, bombs in shops, um, lots of armed um, guards around. So it was written in such a, a really sort of well done way. It was great storytelling skills. Um, and because I've got an Irish heritage, my, my dad's from Ireland, it was really interesting to find out more about about the troubles and about that period. Um, so, yeah, that was my my July favorite read. Wow. <laughs> Can't believe we're already on to August. <clears throat> yeah. So what is your August, Holly? So my August read is a Lee Berdugo book, but it's not a Grishaverse book. Um, it is Ninth House. Uh, mm-hmm. It is uh, supposedly what I've read. It's the first of what's going to be another series, but I haven't heard anything about when book two is coming out. But it's yeah. um, it takes place uh, in at Yale University. So you have this girl Alex who really should not be at Yale, but because she has like you know she has some abilities that they need to bring her in. Um, so basically, it's <clears throat> I don't even know how to describe it. It's like almost like a parallel universe and she's you know she's one of the people who helps protect some of the um the dimensions from kind of blending together so Yale has a lot of like ancient histories and secret societies and things like that just like these these folklores and legends that surround you know Yale University um that that are common knowledge so it, it, what Lee Berdugo did was she took kind of those those known secret societies and kind of created almost a, almost a fantastical element to them, um, where mm-hmm. she, you know she can see um, spirits and you know and there's like you know, there was like a like a murder that took place and she's trying to solve the murder but you know her. Uh, as a freshman, she has a senior who's kind of training her to do his job in protecting all of this, yeah. and he's gone missing. So now she's on her own, and she's trying to solve this mystery of where he is and what's happening. And you know, it was it was so different from the Grisha verse that when I first started reading it, I had I had a very negative opinion of the book because I'm like, you know, <laughs> Alex is kind of an out there character. Like she's definitely yeah. an underdog character who was created to almost be an like an anti-hero kind of character like she she is flawed like beyond belief like she just carries herself like like anti-yale um <clears throat> so you just you just you know there's definitely some things there that you're just like there's no way that she's going to be like this really good classic protagonist hero character because yeah. she's not meant to be she's meant to be <laughs> a kind of an unreliable flawed main character who is who is having to prove herself not only to the people and other characters but to us as the reader she's trying to prove herself to us and in the end it just i again was just kind of hooked in the story and like all the little subplots of it and you know true to libador uh, Berdugo, she, she, it was just, it was masterfully written. So that was my uh, August pick. What was yours? Yeah, I have that book in my bookshelf. I need to get around to reading it. You do. And it's funny because <laughs> I, I had really it forever do. and didn't read it. And then when I finally read it, I'm like, oh my God, why did I wait so long? <clears throat> 
Yeah. Um, so this one, I think you actually recommended me this one. Um, so my August read is Scythe um, by <sighs> Neil Schusterman. Yes. So, oh, I love this book. It was such a good concept. The whole idea that um, in the future, the cloud becomes this massive sort of brainy machine which takes over the world and takes over government and finds solution to, to death so that nobody ever dies. And so they have to hire these sides um, to to kill for them, to basically balance out the population. Um, it was just such a brilliant book. I really, really enjoyed it. The writing, the characters, um, it was really good at kind of building the tension and, and kind of making you think, what the hell's going to happen now? <laughs> Um, really looking forward to reading the next two, and I'm going to do that very soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was my my August read. I love that series. Um, oh. I will say that I I think that Scythe was probably my favorite out of the series. Um, yeah, but it just it is definitely a series of twists and turns. Like you know, mm, it just definitely. I think you're really going to enjoy the next two as well. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so September, <clears throat> my September read was The Inheritance Game by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And I'm actually, my current read is The Hawthorne Legacy, which is book two in the series. Yeah. And I, mm, I probably have just over a hundred pages left, um, in book two. But I loved this book. I love books with like, um, like puzzles. It's like you're, tr- it's like a riddle. Yeah. Like you're spending the whole book trying to solve this puzzle along with the characters. And <laughs> what is amazing and what I'm seeing even more in book two is Jennifer Lynn Barnes is so creative. Like she just, she's created such like, such a puzzle and these clues are just so perfectly created that you're just like, she's like the smartest person out there. Like to be able to like, like how did she think of these? Like, it's just, yeah. I just, and I love that. Cause I'm like, I would never have thought of that. Um, but you have the clues and then you also have this girl who was really a poor nobody who, you know, her mom died, her dad's a deadbeat, you know, her guardian's her older sister and she just, um, gets this, you know, this, you know, this person shows up and it's like, look, you need to come to this reading of the will across the country in Texas, uh, for someone that you've never heard of and never met. And she goes and she's yeah. basically left a billionaire and, um, the guy's family, the guy who left her everything, left his actual family pretty much nothing. So, you know, so now she has this target on her back being like, who the heck are you? Why are you getting all the stuff that's rightfully ours? And she's like, I have no idea. And then they have to go through and solve these clues to solve this puzzle of the guy who's dead to figure out why her. And it's just, it's, you know, in book two, we're still not 100% sure why her. And so it's... It's it's really cool. So, what about you? Yeah, I keep on, like when you're talking about that book, like a few a few months ago, it mm. sounded such a good read. I love a good kind of puzzle like free book. So, yeah, I definitely want to read that at some point. Um, my September book is very very um very memorable as we've already mentioned it. So, my September book is from Blood and Ash. Ah, yes. Everything you said, I completely agree. Um, the pacing was just perfect. It was, there was no slow bits. It was 
always something happening. Whereas with Akatar, it was very much you had quite a lot of slow bits. Mm-hmm. This one, you were just kept constantly engaged. Always um, something happening. It And the characters, yeah, Poppy is just amazing character. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved her. Um, I haven't read the second one yet, but I am going to be doing that next year. Uh, but it was, just, yeah, such a fantastic read. Yeah, it's so good. So, <laughs> so good. All right, so October... Uh, so this was when we tried to do more of our like thriller scary books for October and Halloween. So my favorite read I got, I finished it just at the end of the month. So I'm so excited that I did so I could count it for October is the last house on needless street by Katarina Ward. Um, <sighs> like talk about a book that ended in a way that you never, ever saw coming. Like, I probably sat there for 30 minutes after I finished the book with my mouth hanging open. It was crazy. Oh, like, it was just, you know, you know from the blurb that you have this this guy who's, you know, everyone thinks (laughs) is a serial killer, um, a, a girl who never leaves the house, and a Bible reading cat. And, um... (laughs) which is what a great combination of characters. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just like, you know, there's also another character, like the the older sister of a girl who was killed or went missing, um, who she has like this little kind of subplot in there that was interesting. But I think that was like the least memorable piece because like the way her story ended was just kind of like, Okay, moving on. Uh, what's next? Yeah. Um, but with the other characters, like the cat, Olivia, um, was like, <laughs> I swear she was like the best character oh. ever. Like I've never seen yeah. an animal character developed so well, but you never lost, yeah, you never lost sight that it was a cat. You knew from every single moment Olivia had her own chapters and was involved that she was a cat, but, yeah she was an intelligent, you know, you know, human almost type of cat who would still like, you know, Mm -hmm. chase her tail and lick her, lick her feet, you know? Um, but it just like, I don't know about you, but I never ever saw the ending coming to the point where when I was done and I recovered, I, and I read the afterward by the author, (laughs) I went and I went to those websites and I did my own research and it was just, it was that kind of thing. Yeah, did not see that coming at all. And I can't remember, before that book, I can't remember the last time I felt so unnerved reading a book. I felt so, like, it makes you feel really uncomfortable at times. Yes. Because you just know there's something not right. There's You, you know that there's something not right with this person, but you don't know exactly what. Right. And it's really disturbing. Yeah, and you have to, like, as a reader, you kind of begin to fill in what you don't know with assumptions, yeah. and I think that's that's an excellent point that the book is making. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you don't know people, but you make assumptions yeah. based on the little bits that you do know, so that when Definitely. you get to the end of the book, you, like, you feel bad because of the assumptions you made, and it's just like, yeah. like, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, definitely. All right, what was your October read? Uh, mine was uh, another buddy read that we did, uh, and that was Serpent and Dove by Selby Maharin. That was such a book. Um, at the beginning, it's sort of one that um, we're talking about this when we were reading it, how at the beginning we thought it was going to be very stereotypical, mm-hmm. badass woman, badass, badass, badass witch, just kind of a bit mouthy, a bit kind of bit too full of herself. But 
it was anything but. It really, the, tra- the characters just transformed within maybe a quarter of a book, the first quarter of the book. And the character development in this story was so wonderfully done. Uh, and all the characters, I uh, loved all of them. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to reading the, the rest of the series. Me but too. Yeah, that was definitely yeah, a really good read for October. I agree. I was definitely pleasantly surprised with it. And that's another book mm. that I, ha- I had on my shelf forever. And then I read it. I'm like, why did I wait so long to read this? <laughs> um, it was so good. So good. All right. November, two months left. Mm. My, so my November was my hardest month to pick. So I do have to kind of give my runner up a little, a little nod. Um, so Fantastic Land by Mike Bakoven. Um, didn't quite catch, you know, he didn't make the cut for my number one book of the month, but oh, it was so tough because that book was so, so, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. you know, it was a, you know, hurricane hit and these people were trapped in an amusement park for, you know, a little over a week and it becomes like a modern day Lord of the Flies. And so it was just, it was just so good. It was so well done. And, you know, you take Lord of the Flies and you put adults. Well, they're young adults. They're mostly like late teens, early 20s was the majority of the kids with a handful older. Um, and you see how they kind of group and, you know, make their little niches and how that impacts yeah. each other. So that was so good. But didn't quite make the cut. Um, my favorite read of November was Jewels of Egypt by C.T. Ortega. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about him at the beginning of the show. He, uh, he's written a lot of books in a pretty short period of time. Um, you know, he has his Warfare of the Gods books, that series, and then he has some of these, they're standalones, but they're very similar. Um, Jewels of Egypt is about this, this young girl who kind of becomes, um, more of a, like an emotional advisor to the Queen of Egypt because she, she doesn't have any experience and she's young, but you know, the queen needs someone who's more of like a friend and she ends up having to, um, the girl has like this moral dilemma of what she has, you know, what she feels she has to do to save her family. And, um, so there's like, there's this nomadic group that's living um, out in the desert and the mountain areas outside of the, the, the Egyptian city that's like they kind of like kill and they attack like past like travelers as they're coming to and from different different cities and so like the their city is infiltrated by this group and it was just I don't know like there was just I kind of connected with the, especially the queen um, and mm. just like how she had to process everything and the decisions she had to make and, um, and what she was going through. She had some of her own kind of issues that she was, she was battling, um, which I, I think it just made her more of a real person. And I just, I don't know. I just, there's just something about the book that it, it just really kind of touched me. So, mm. and I'm really upset because yeah. Amazon's refusing to let me post a review on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that was a brilliant book. I really enjoyed that one. I definitely think Outstand Lines, that one kind of stood out mm-hmm. as one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, November for me was also very, very difficult. That was probably the hardest decision I made um, because I read House on Last House on Needless Street in November, which almost, almost made the cut because it was just such a fantastic. That was a five star read for me as well. Um, such a fantastic book. But I mean, it had to go to the one and only House in Ceridian Sea. Oh. It had to. Um, it was, yeah, it was such a close one. But the reason why is because obviously everything that Holly said, it was such a beautiful story and it made you empathise with all of the characters. But also um, for that month and a half before, I'd been reading thriller and horror for October and I needed like a nice little heartfelt kind of cosy read. So it was kind of the perfect book at the perfect time. Um, it just, it kind of, took that edge off from from the previous reads but it, it transported you to such a fantastic sort of wonderful island that you just didn't want to leave um and yeah i that was just absolutely amazing novel cannot recommend that one enough oh so um, which good of course brings on to december obviously this isn't necessarily going to be up um completely accurate because we do still have just under two weeks to go, mm-hmm. so we might read a better book in the meantime. But at at, at this moment in time, uh, what is your favorite book for December? So I made my list probably a little prematurely because I made it. I made it probably about a week and a half ago, so it was pretty early in December. Um, so and of course. I haven't finished the Hawthorne Legacy book yet. You know, like I said, I still have about a hundred pages yeah. left to go, so I could easily see that one kind of taking you know the top the top place but for right now i do have it as christmas every day by beth moran the one that i talked about earlier today yeah um it was just i don't know it was just like the eccentric characters and the setting just i don't know it was just perfect for me (laughs) what about you what's your december read yeah um again uh the one i spoke about earlier the holiday swap by maggie maggie knox is definitely my favorite so far just it's just the perfect kind of combination of foodie and and romance and family drama. So definitely it's been my top one so far. So that only leaves one more thing, which is our favourite book overall for 2021. Now, uh, I've got this really like niggling feeling that we might end up have chosen the same one, but we shall see. We might. So, um, you never know. Uh so I think we need a, a bit of a drum roll. All right. And Sorry. I will say, I will say, I struggle with some of the months, but this this answer was a no-brainer for me. Like, I like I picked this one before I even went back and did my months. All right. Drum roll. Should we say it at the same time to see if we're the same? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. House on the Cerulean Sea. <laughs> I had a feeling it might be. Yeah, I did too. It, it, it is. It had to be. It had to be. It, it was just it that was, good. Oh yeah, it was such a beautiful read. Oh god, like I don't think I've read that. Um, like I don't think I walked. I walked away feeling that good about a book this year as I did reading that one. I agree. It's one of those books that I wish I could read again for the first time. Like, yeah. and just experience everything I felt again, because, you know, just... I want to meet them all again, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
And I really I want there to be a sequel. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you haven't read the new one. I read, I read um, the second one. Uh, with the, uh, what's that? Under the Whispering Door. Yes. Really good book. Very beautiful. Um, but I mean, I'm sorry, it's not a patch in Hudson's brilliancy. It is still, <laughs> I still would say it's a five star read, but I don't think he's going to be the House of Sea because it's just, it's hard to really describe it. I like, know. It's so beautiful, such a, a well-written book. And it's one of those LGBT books, which is not one that they throw it in your face kind of thing. It's not, they don't scream, this is an LGBT book. Mm, exactly. It's very, kind of, um, very subtly done. Um and it's just such a, yeah, such a wonderful read. Yeah. And um, I agree. And I think that's, be- I think that's what I, I loved about it is like that the, the love piece, like that it's such a small, yeah. small, minute piece of it, but it's done so organically and so yeah. naturally that it's, it just only made sense that that's what happened in it. And it's just, yeah. um, and where you could kind of see it, it starting, it was, it was so well written in there that it was a never, mm-hmm. like it was never a focal point of the story. The story yeah. always centered around the kids and, you know, what they and were going through. Family. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're looking for a found family book, there's not going to be one out there better than this one. Yeah, if you haven't read House of Sorority Seed, where have you been? Exactly. Go out and read it. (laughs) Go out and read it. Absolutely. I saw it in in Waterstones yesterday, um, our bookshop over here, and they had like a really pretty yellow um, sprayed edge cover. And I was like, oh, I mean, I've already got it, but it's so pretty. Yeah, but see, uh, I I bought you the book for your birthday, so you could go and buy the Sprayed Edge book because then (laughs) you will have bought yourself the book, and it's not like you would have bought it twice. That is true. See? That that one's a no-brainer. That one was my easiest choice. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Mine too. So (laughs) good. Oh, my gosh. So, Liz, that wraps up our favorite reads of 2021. Um, yeah. great books. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's cool that we didn't overlap too much in our months. Um, yeah. really just, um, House on the Cerulean Sea and From Blood and Ash were our only two that really overlapped. Um, yeah. So, which is, which is really kind of cool, you know, cause just to, to show that, you know, that we like different things and read different things. You have a, you know, you have some of those historical fiction. I'm pretty a one note, uh, a one trick pony reader over here. <laughs> uh, I do probably need to expand my horizons a little bit, but um, right. yeah. Do so you know what it's time for it is time for the final either or of the year. Ah, oh, final either uh, or. I know. Next one we're going to be doing is 2022. I know. So obviously, because it is the holiday season, we have done a um, end of year wrap up slash holiday edition. Um, and because of the fact that I, I kind of mentioned last month was a little bit Americanized. Um, uh-huh. got, <laughs> I, um, I came up with a few ones that we've already discussed, uh, on this show about things like men's pies, which is, seems, seems to be a British thing, which I didn't know about until now. Um, but yeah, we have a Christmas one, so. Holly yeah, but I do want to say, you said that it was Americanized. You do have big cozy sweaters and big cozy blankets in, in England. I just want to point that out. <laughs> we don't have corn maze or hayride. Uh, that's or... true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, minced pie and Christmas cake? What the heck? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> All right. Let's okay. do this. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Gingerbread or cookies? Cookies. Gingerbread. Mm. <laughs> Mince pie or Christmas cake? I don't know what either of those are, so I'm going to try to make a minced cake this week, so I'm going to say minced cake. That's like a mixture of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you put them on there. You mean a mince pie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mince pie is the win. Oh, okay. um, Christmas songs or Christmas movies? Uh, Christmas movies. Same. Star or angel? Mm, star. Angel. Eggnog or hot chocolate? Or hot chocolate. In your language. <laughs> well, I call it hot chocolate too. Hot chocolate. Okay. Definitely hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Christmas like Day or Christmas Eve? Who, um, I don't want to pick. Um, we do, we do, we have such different things that we do on each day. Uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. Real tree or fake tree? Uh, fake tree. Real tree. Mm. Ice skating or sledding? Sledding. You want to hear a really funny story yeah. real quick about sledding? We like to go up north because I live in the desert where it doesn't snow. So we drive mm. we we drive about two hours north to get to the snow, and we went sledding um, like two years ago, maybe three years ago. And uh, my husband was on his sled and he was sledding down, and he he didn't realize there was a stump under where he was sledding, and <gasps> nice. it like he he hit it, but then he like the so the sled stopped, but he kept going, so he slid right over the stump, and then he tore oh, he had nice. jeans on it tore a hole in his jeans from like the top of his butt all the way down oh. his leg. He didn't get hurt, but like he didn't have a change oh, of pants, so like he had to like sit in the car while I went into the store to buy him new pants, okay oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> um snow or Christmas train. Um, Christmas train, because I view it as it being part of a village. Uh, I was wondering what you meant by Christmas train. Uh, I'm going to get snow, snow globe. Snowball fight or building a snowball? <sighs> Can I say both or is that cheating? No. Okay. Then I'm going to say building a snowman. Yeah. I'm going to say building a snowman. It's called either or, not either or both. <laughs> <laughs> That is us done for the end of year wrap up um, holiday edition of this or that. So, can you believe it? We've come to the end of the show, Holly. Wow. It was such a fun It was a fun show. It was a fun year. We made the most of COVID. Um, Definitely. You know, it's it's been a crazy year. I'm hoping 2022 is going to be better for everyone. And hopefully, that's yeah. Let's hope so. So, yeah, I mean, the next um, podcast is obviously going to be next year in 2022. So just before we go, uh, remind all our, our listeners of where they can find you on social media. So I am on Instagram at AZ Desert Bookworm, and my blog is the bookshelf at sub- the bookshelf dot substack.com. Um, and uh, what about you, Liz? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am at Lizzie's Little Book Nook, and that's Lizzie's with an I-E, not a Y. Um, and my blog is lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. 
So yeah, that about wraps up for for this podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously, we want everyone to have a very Merry Christmas, whatever you're doing, yeah. um, wherever you are in the world. Mm-hmm. Our next podcast uh, podcast will be dropping on the 17th of January, so yep. just over, um, well, just under a month away. Uh, but in the meantime, we hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Yep, and happy holidays to everyone who celebrates all the different holidays that are happening right now. Um, be safe, be merry, be happy, spend lots of time with family, you know, be safe specifically to help prevent the spread of COVID. We want this over, yeah. um, but it's going to be wonderful to have a Christmas with family this year. So everybody have a wonderful holiday and we will be back in 2022 to do it all again. All right. Happy reading. Bye.